Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Tonight's message title, though, is going to be Faith That Endures. Faith That Endures. And um, I've known people that had faith in God, and they had faith to see things changed in their lives, and God did some remarkable things, and then I've seen those very people turn around, turn their Uh, turn their backs on God, backslide, and lose their faith. In other words, their faith did not endure. God wants us to have enduring faith that takes us to the end. It's not who starts, it's who finishes. And I'm going to tell you, there's a, there's, a, there's a false teaching fallacy about, you know, all you have to do, you know, you just get born again, you ask Jesus to come into your heart, and then that's it, you're set up, it doesn't matter how you live or what you do, you're going to heaven. I'm telling you, that is a lie right out of the pit of hell. You have security, all the security that you need, as long as you continue walking with the Lord. But when you decide that you don't want to serve him anymore. You're not going to do it his way. You're going to habitually practice sin that takes you away from God. I guarantee you, you're going to walk off and your faith is going to fail you and you have no assurance of heaven. You do not live like the devil and go to heaven. Now that doesn't mean that You know, all of us are perfect because every one of us are human and we make mistakes. And so we're not talking about a perfection. We're talking about a heart here. When you have, when you mess up and you have a heart to, you know, towards God and you say, I'm sorry, Lord, I have sinned, forgive me. And then you turn your back on that and go the other way. God, it opens his arms to receive us. He would never turn us away. But I'm going to tell you, it's the people and they're all over now that think that they can live anyway and do anything and just come to God. God, give me this and give me that. Honey, it doesn't work that way. And, and you can walk your way right out of the kingdom of God. And now that's a scary thought to me. And see, that's why I want to please the Lord. That's why I want to serve Him. And I want to do what I see in the Bible. And when I fail, I'm sorry for that. When I, when I mess up, I'm sorry for that. But see, people who can just continue going on down the, the, the line and continual, uh, have a, continually have a lifestyle that takes them away from God, you might as well admit it. You don't know the Lord. You might have had some experience. I won't take that away from you. But if you belong to the Lord, you're going to live for God. We know a Christian by their fruit. And so if you know a Christian by their fruit, you'll know a sinner by their fruit too. And see, we live in a day where there's confusion. I don't have a clue why I'm saying all this. Because that's not what I intended. But you see, we've got to have enduring faith. And like I told you, and many times, even with tears, I have looked at people that have been involved in this church and walked with us and helped us do what we do. And then they turn their back on the Lord when things get hard. And I'm going to tell you, life is hard. Things are difficult. But you know, Paul told Timothy, he said, you endure hardness like a good soldier. 
A soldier is in the military. And everything I hear about the military is just that. I hear it. I don't know anything about it because I've never been in it. But, you know, they have, uh, you know, they have rules and they have regulations. And they have a way that they do things. They're in an army. We're in the army of God and there's a way that you do things. And we're to be disciplined. And we have to endure the hard things of life and not turn and run when the hard times get here. Now, if we have done that, thank God for His mercy and He'll take us back. But He he wants us to get to the point where we endure and we go on in spite of the opposition that's around us. And we don't give up, but we have this quality of endurance. And that is so important to the child of God. And if you're going to be strong in the Lord, you're going to have this quality of endurance. We all have to have that. You know, there are times when each one of us, we want to quit. We want to stop doing. You know, I've had times where I've just gotten mad and I've just said, I'm not doing it anymore. I say it for a few seconds and it's like, oh, well. I can't do that. Have you ever been there? You know, I've been, you know, I work with, of course, people all the time and in all of our different teams. And, and, you know, you get in there, you work, you get things going, you know, and all of a sudden here's, you know, three or four people and they decide they're not going to do it anymore. And I'm not saying that endure, they're not, you know, going away from the Lord. That's not what I'm talking about. But then what that does for that team and for me, in trying to, you know, to manage and do the things I do in ministry, it causes this huge gap to be there. And, you know, there are times where I've just said, Lord, I've done this so many times, I'm tired of doing it. You know, and God will say, well, would you just do it for me? Because, see, I don't want to do it for the people anymore. I want to... You know what I'm saying. But I do it in love. So, you know, everybody has opportunities to where they want to quit, but we cannot quit. Now, we've told you this before. Eddie said it. I've said it too. You know, we have a picture of Dr. Sumrall that, um, that we received right before he passed away. And he was in China, and he signed his photograph, I did not quit. And I thought, how wonderful. What a What a great statement. I did not quit. In other words, up until the time that he went to heaven, he was still doing the work of the Lord. Whatever that means. You know, we may have to adjust as we get older and, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe adjust what we do. But we don't ever need to stop serving the Lord, do we? And and he gave us a great example. And you know that Dr. Lester Sumrall was a mentor uh, to us and uh, has spoken many times in our church over the uh, 30 years that, that we've been here. And so he set that great example for us. And we want to set that example for you, that we did not quit. We've had lots of opportunities to quit. You know, we've had times in this church financially where it didn't look like we were going to be able to make it. But you know what? We endured. We endured the hard times and God makes a way when you do not quit. Do you know that you can, 
look like a loser, but you can end up a winner if you just will not quit. Well, they're look, they're, they look like they're down and out. Well, you just hold on because there's enduring power to faith to take you on and you'll be a winner. That's the wonderful thing. People can look at you and they can judge you and they can say this and that about you, but just give it some time. Just give it some time and you'll be proven that you are a winner when you have this quality of endurance uh, related to your faith where you just keep on keeping on in spite of your emotions, in spite of how it looks, you do not give up. You do not quit, but you continue on. Amen? We need to have faith like Moses had. In Hebrews eleven twenty seven, it says this, By faith he, Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, or other words, he had steadfast patience as seeing him who is invisible. Now, see, that's what we have to do. We have to see him who is invisible. Now, that's, that's the whole point of being a Christian. We walk by faith and not by sight. Well, if I can't see it, then I won't believe it. Well, join the ranks of, you know, some that were in the Bible. And that's what they said. But God says... We need to be like Moses and have the kind of faith that Moses had. And even though he couldn't see it, he believed it. He saw the invisible. See, you've got eyes, of course, physical eyes, but you've got eyes in your heart. Did you know that? You, the eyes of your heart. The eyes of your heart can see things that is in that invisible realm, to, to bring it out and to manifest it in, in this visible realm. But you've got to be like Moses and have the kind of faith that he endured. See, Moses was brought up in the house of Pharaoh. You remember that. Pharaoh's daughter raised him. And so he was around Pharaoh. He knew him. He probably knew uh, uh, you know, him as someone who was total ruler. You do it. It's his way or the highway. My way or the highway. Have you ever known anybody that way? Well, this man, you know, he had a lot of authority. And Moses had to endure hardness in that situation, knowing that he could be killed or persecuted, but he saw the invisible. In other words, he saw what God had spoken to him instead of seeing Pharaoh and his fierceness. And so he had this enduring quality of faith. By faith, he forsook Egypt, turned his back. Now, see, when he turned his back on Egypt, what do you think about that? I mean, he, he probably had all the provision that he needed. He was probably a rich person because he was in this family. But he forsook it. He turned his back on it. Do you know that there are times in the gospel? Now, I believe in increase, and we preach that, and we prosperity and all of that. But you know there are times when you have to turn your back on that kind of thing. We had to do that when we started this church in ministry. We had to turn our back on, um, on natural uh, you know, uh, homes and 
a home that we had and jobs that we had, we had to turn our back and forsake that. And, and you know, we were a young couple. We had a plan. We had a dream. We were going a certain way. And, and then God came and we saw the invisible. We saw this church before it was here. We saw a ministry before it ever happened. But I'm going to tell you, we had to forsake. And there are times God will call you to do that. But he'll always reward you and, and give it back to you. If you forsake houses and lands for my sake and the gospel, you'll get it back. That's what he said. Well, he's done that in our life. And so if somebody wants to come to my house and they think I shouldn't live there, I say, well, you know, where were you, you know, when we forsook? Well, you shouldn't drive that car. Where were you when we give cars away? And there were times that we gave, we gave one car away and we only had one. And here, Eddie and I, we don't, we're not on the same schedule. He, his schedule is totally different from mine. And so we had issues, you know. We had to work through. We had to endure. <laughs> but you know what? We did it. Because we, we felt the Lord spoke to us and told us, you know, you give that car away. And now, you know, people that, well, you shouldn't be driving that car. Well, God doesn't think that. We don't do anything to, you know, try to uh, flaunt or, you know, be, sh you know, showy or anything like that. We don't do that. But, you know, through our example... We want to show you, if you do it God's way, it may not look like it now, but if you have the faith like Moses had and you endure the hardness, God will bring you out. Now, you know, some people could care less about material things and other people like material things. I like material things. They don't have me, though. They don't have me. You understand? There was a time they had me. But the roots of that thing were pulled out of me, and now it doesn't have me. And see, but yours could be something else that God, you know, you're believing God, and you want God to do something for you. You, you know, that's between you and the Lord. But I can tell you, if you will have the faith like Moses had and have this enduring quality and forsake things, you know, put out of your life, even, you know, we were talking a minute ago about people who live with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Well, that doesn't work to begin with anyway. But, but you know, when you do that, we, we need to understand that, that if we will forsake, if we will forsake those things and say, God, I give it up for you, God will honor your faith in that way. He'll make you stronger. He'll give you an ability to overcome that you didn't have before. And you'll notice a difference in your life if you will forsake the things that, that you're trying to hold on to because they're robbing you of your faith. Amen? All right. Now, I, I spoke a minute ago out of um, uh, Timothy, 2 Timothy, and it said, uh, Paul told Timothy, I want you to endure hardness as a good soldier. And I looked up the word endure there. It means to continue, to carry through, to persist, to last, 
and to bear. You know, there are times that we just have to bear it. And it isn't easy. And then there's other times that we have to persist. When we want to give up and we want to quit, we don't want to continue, we have to persist. You remember in the, in the book of Acts when um, the, uh, the early church, they were in that upper room on the day of, right before the day of Pentecost, and, and they were being persecuted on every side. If you look it up there, um, it, that, that scripture in Acts, it means that they persisted in spite of opposition. You see, they got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They received that because they persisted when everyone was saying, don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. Don't talk about the blood of Jesus anymore. And if you are anchoring yourself to Jesus, you're going to be in trouble with the government but they persisted. They endured in spite of the opposition that was there. There are things in your life that maybe you're at the point of giving up, quitting, releasing, or letting it go, and God said, no, don't do that. If you will endure through that hardship, if you will continue and persist, you're going to get the promise. Moses got the promise, didn't he? We get the promise, and we get it by faith, having this faith that endures. Amen? Now, the opposite of endure, listen to this, it means to crumble. It means to cave in. It means to collapse and fall, to give in, and to resign. Now, every one of us have done those things. But you see, the wonderful thing of it is that God can come into our life if we have this faith that I'm talking about tonight, faith in the end times to see us through, and we don't have to crumble, we don't have to give up, we don't have to resign. We can continue on, amen? And we can get that win that we're talking about. It's not over till it's over. And the devil wants to tell us, He wants to come to our minds and speak to us. Put a little seed in there. Place a thought in there. It's over. You failed. You're too weak. No. You rise up in in the faith of God. He says that you become strong in the middle of your weakness through Him. I'm weak in myself, but thank God I'm not in myself. He's in me. Now, I want you to take your Bible, and I want you to turn with me to the book of Revelation. There, I want to just us to look at a few things here tonight. Out of one of these churches, you know, um, there's several churches listed in the book of Revelation. And these, you know, we can learn from them and identify with them. Uh, in these last days that we're living in. And um, uh, we're going to read in chapter number 3 and verse number 1. We'll start there. Now, um, unto the angel of the church in Sardis write. Isn't that interesting? It says, unto the angel. There's angels in the churches. Redemption Church has an angel. Well, for, for all that matters, you have an angel too. 
Every believer has an angel. They might not do very much. You know, the Bible talks about we have a ministering spirit, an angel that helps us. But the thing about it is angels, our angels, hearken unto the voice of the Word of God. What does that mean? That means when you put this scripture in your mouth and you speak it, angels begin to move. And when we start speaking things that are contrary to the Bible, the angel doesn't do anything. His hands are tied. And so there's an angel in church, over churches. There's angels in our life. Angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister uh, for those who are heirs of salvation. And so, you know, uh, angels are real. In the same way, demons are real too. I want to do a series on demons because I think they need to be they need to be brought out in the open so people can see and understand. Many times, you know, things are going on in our life and we just think, oh, well, that's the way it is. And oh, well, no, there's demon powers. But see, we have angels that can help us. So, unto the angel of the church in Sardis, right. Now, Sardis means escaping one. Isn't that interesting? What would that remind you of? What word would that remind you of that we talk about? Rapture? Possibly. Okay. In the church of Sardis, or the escaping one, let's find out what he says. These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Now let's look at that. This is the church here that, that God is talking to, and he said, you have a name that says that you live. But you really don't live, you are dead. Now, what name do, uh, does the church have? What name do we take on? Christian. We have a name that we are Christian, which means full of the life of God, but we're really not full of the life of God. We are dead. Does that remind you of anything that's going on in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ so-called today? People in all kinds of denominations that are embracing things that are an abomination to God, that are so contrary to His Word. They are called, people would call them a Christian denomination. But He said, you've got a name, but you really don't live up to that name. You are dead. And see, it does no good to call yourself a Christian and not have a genuine, honest heartfelt relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, in this city of Sardis, it was known for number one, it's gold, it's wool, and for being wealthy. Now, I think that's interesting. I like to study the, you know, things like that and, and look at it. And also... Uh, the modern money that we have today came out of Sardis. It was really born there. The coins is when they started using money, you know, to, to buy um, and sell, uh, to buy. 
But he talks about here in this wealthy city where, you know, they have a lot of commerce going on, good things happening. It was a dead church. They were going through a ritual. They had a form. See, it, it sounds like Timothy, have a form of godliness, but what? Deny the power. We had the power of God here Sunday morning. Did you know that? We have the power of God here when we meet together. But some people, they don't like the power of God. It makes them nervous. I remember when I first was around things, you know, of the Spirit, and there was a stirring and moving and God manifesting Himself. I got afraid because I knew it was supernatural, and man cannot do those kinds of things. It's supernatural. Now, not that man can't try to counterfeit. Man can. But when there's a genuine move of God, it's not man. It's the Spirit of the living God ministering to His people. Amen? So God doesn't want us just to have a form with no power. He wants us to have a form of godliness and have the power to go along with it. Amen? But they were in some kind of ritualistic, you know, form, formula of doing things, and they really didn't know God for the most part. So they were Christian in name only, not in action or deed. And see, that's what we have to avoid. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ has to avoid that. You know, being a Christian in name only, but in word and deed. You know, we, ha we, have, to, we have to produce evidence. What is a witness? One who produces evidence. You know, I was in the court... Uh, I told you I had jury duty not too long ago, and I, I was there. And, and you know, when, when a witness comes forth, they're going to give some evidence to say why someone is guilty of doing something. They're going to give witness to that. They're going to produce evidence. Well, we need to be producing evidence that we know Jesus Christ, that He's in our life. That's why we lay hands on the sick. That's why we pray for people. That's why we cast out devils. That's why we love people. That's why we encourage people. Because the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that's why we're kind and not ugly and harsh and hard. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us. Amen? And so we're giving evidence to the Holy Spirit being a part of our life. If you never see any fruit of the Holy Spirit, I think there needs to be danger, danger. Amen? This church was a sleeping church too. It says in verse number 2, Be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. He said, I want you to be watchful, not lethargic, not sleeping at the wheel, if you will. But be watchful, be alert. The Amplified Bible talks about being roused from inactivity. And so, if you're watchful... See, now, there's a real balance here that I want to talk about for a moment. You know what's going on in our country right now. You know what's going on in our economy, in our political system. There's upheaval. There's a dismantling everywhere. 
folks, you better be watchful. Does that mean that you need to, you know, uh, be a politician? No, I'm not talking about that. But you better open your eyes and not say, I don't want to know all of that. I don't care about that. You are a watchman upon the wall. And we better care. And we better pray. We, you know, you don't have to get involved in politics, but you better get involved in your country if we want to keep preaching this gospel because they're going to cause it to be impossible to do it. But you see, what I'm saying is this. You better be watchful. You be watchful with your church. You be watchful with your family. These are the last, you be watchful on the job. You be watchful in the government. We are to, to be watchmen. Now, this city of Sardis, this escaping one, this, this city was built on a cliff. You know, and, and, and so the watchmen will be up there on the top looking out, looking for predators or the enemy that might be coming. And see, we from our prayer closets, Tony, we can be this watchman and be alert and not be sleeping, but be roused from sleep and inactivity. And see, that's what God is telling the church here. Be watchful. This is the rapture. He's talking about the, the escaping church. So be watchful. And you'll see in all these churches, there are characteristics that you can find in the last day church, okay? I understand, don't, you don't need to come up and tell me that about the, you know, the Philadelphia church. I know about the Philadelphia church. I know about all of them. But I'm trying to bring some points out here, okay? Um, and he said, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. Now there's something very interesting here. Remember how thou hast received and heard. Now, when it relates to your faith, you need to be remembering what you've heard. And you've heard the Word of God to give faith to you because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. In other words, it's not just hearing once. Oh, I've already heard that message. Well, you better hear it again and again and again and again if you're going to get it in your spirit because faith comes. See, faith comes to each one of us. But you don't have to receive it. We're going to look at that a little bit more here in just a moment. Faith comes when the Word of God... Faith is here tonight. Faith is in this room tonight. And he said, you remember how that you've received and heard. So see, hearing, you have to receive. When the Word of God comes forth, you have to receive it. Any one of us can repel... The scripture. We can repel the, the truths of the Bible. We can repel the revelation that God brings. But he said, remember how thou hast received and heard. And hold fast and repent. See, this hold fast, doesn't that remind you of a, the endurance that I'm talking about here tonight? Hold fast. Have this enduring quality to your faith that holds on. Amen? And then he says repent. And each one of us, we need to remember that. We need to be people who repent. Amen? So, 
We need to remember what we have received in the past, and we need to remember what we've heard. Abraham endured, and he persisted in faith. He remembered what God had said to him. He remembered what he had heard and what he received from the Lord and what happened to him. He received a promised land. He received a son. Caleb and Joshua, you remember the story in the book of Numbers and you remember there how the 12 spies went over into the promised land that God said they had heard what God said. I have given it unto you, but they did not receive it. Ten of them did not receive it. Two of them did. Caleb and Joshua, they persisted and they endured with their faith, and they received the promised land that others could not receive. Now, I want to tell you something. The Bible talks about Caleb. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I can already see. I'm not going to get to where I wanted to in the message to get everything in. So, But if you read about Caleb and you, you look at what the Bible says about him, the Bible says that Caleb was a man of another spirit. Now, People in the world have a spirit. They have a spirit of negativity. They have a spirit of unbelief. And even some Christians have a spirit of unbelief too. Did you know that? We can be unbelieving believers if you want to think about that. But Caleb is said to be one of another spirit. In other words, that spirit that Caleb had, that where he remembered what God had spoken and he received that word, and it took years to come about, but he endured, he persisted, and he got the mountain that he wanted. He went over into the promised land. Only Caleb and Joshua because they had another spirit. I want to be like Caleb and Joshua. I want to have another spirit, a spirit that believes, a spirit of faith instead of of, uh, uh, a spirit of discouragement and failure. You know, that's so rampant today. Let's rise up and have this enduring faith that we can persist on and what we can stir ourselves to remember what God has spoken to us, what He has said, what we've heard, and what we've received. And then we can have, just like Abraham or just like Caleb and Joshua. David endured and he persisted in his faith. And God told him, I have anointed you to be king. And at the same time, the king himself, Saul, was uh, after him, trying to kill him. Not just once, but many times. But he had to have an enduring faith. He had to remember the word that God had spoken. And that day that the prophet came down and got the horn of oil and anointed him to be king. And and I can just imagine when he was hid out in the caves hiding from King Saul how in his own mind and how the enemy was trying to discourage him and, and pull that word out of his heart. That God had spoken, I've anointed you, David, to be king. When it looked anything but that. And see, that's what faith is all about. Faith sees the invisible. Just like Moses. It sees the invisible. 
not what's there and what's happening. And then we look at Job's life. Job, he was a man who endured and persisted. And see, we want to look at Job's life. And we want to look at all the suffering. And and of course, if you look at his life, you're going to see that. But what we must see is Job was a man who spoke himself in the middle of everything he was going through. And he said, God's favor is on my life. How could a man say that when he was going through such devastation? And hardship because he remembered the word. He remembered and received what God had said. And he persisted and he was restored plus many times over. Amen. Now, one last scripture. If you'll turn with me to 1 John chapter number 5. And again, there's so much more I could say, but I believe, you know, we've talked about some good things tonight to just be seeds planted in our hearts and our minds to to help us just have this enduring quality to our faith. Um, Let's read with verse number four. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So here he's saying, if you want to overcome the world system of economics, you want to overcome the world system of the way that they do things, the way that they see things, it's not going to be by getting a better education. Am I against education? No, I think we ought to get educated. But here he's saying you can be educated and be ignorant. Here he's saying... That this is the victory. This is how you attain victory. Amen? You overcome the world system by your faith. It's faith in God. Faith what God has spoken. What has He spoken to us? He's not really spoken anything to me, someone said. He's spoken all of this to you. This is your covenant. The New Testament, when you read it, it's what it means, it's His last will and testament. It's a covenant that He left for you. And when you read in the New Testament, He's saying these things to you. He's no respecter of persons. What He said to one, He'll do for all. All the promises of God are yea and amen. So if you are born again, if you're really living for God, if He is in your heart and you are surrendered to Him, the Bible says that you will overcome in this world system, not through any other way, but by your faith. And folks, I want to tell you, every person that knows the Lord has a measure of faith that is given to them. But do you know that you can increase and cause that muscle of faith, if you will, to grow by reading the Bible and doing what you see? Not just reading it. we got to have some actions. And Weymouth says out of James, you've got to have some corresponding actions. In other words, you're saying one thing, then your actions need to correspond with what you're saying. See, some people want to talk faith, but they never want to act faith. And God said, you got to get them both together. you got to talk it, 
You got to speak it. And I wish I had time to talk about that. You got to speak it. And then you got to act on it. See, lots of people can talk big. Have you ever known anybody? And I mean, if you met them and you sit down and talk to them, you'd think they were the president of some nation. But then you get to looking in their life and there's not anything. It's just a big puff, you know. See, we don't need to be like that as Christians. We need to be a church that remembers what we've heard and received what we've heard and endure in the difficult times with the faith that God gives us to overcome. Amen. He wants us to overcome. You know what that word overcome? To prevail, to conquer, to subdue, to violate, if you will. See, it didn't say the world system will overcome you and prevail against you and subdue you, but too much that's happening to God's people. Get radical. Get radical and get violent in your faith. You know, somebody just told me recently, they said, you know, sometimes when they go through, through things, and this is from years ago, and, the, and they heard my voice saying to them, don't let the devil do you that way. <laughs> Remember that. Don't let the devil do you that way. Don't let him rob you. Overcome this world through the faith that you have in your heart. And let that faith grow. Amen? You know, faith is a seed. Faith is a seed. Plant, plant. And then reap a harvest. Amen? Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.